the burning fire Oh, a sound of greatness I have in me the burning fire Hallelujah. Now let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Now, there are four kinds of tithing. Three main, and one is just a sub kind of thing. So the Bible describes four kinds of tithing. Now let's get into the first kind of tithes was called the Levitical tithes. Also known as the sacred tithes. That is the tithes in the law, right? Are we together in this place? Now we read from Numbers. Let's get into Numbers chapter 18 quickly. Numbers 18, 21. Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform. So that's what I spoke to you about last Wednesday. He says, I have given the tithes of, uh, I'm giving the tithe of all the Israelites to the children of Levi. What is the children of Levi? Who, are, who were the Levites? They were the people who were responsible for the work of the ministry. Are we together? Yes. Amazingly, now let me let me put this dis- disclaimer. All Levites were, were separated not to have any work because of the work of God. But then it was not all the Levites that were priests. Alright? So we are going to see. That will show up in the second kind of tithe. So the first tithe, he says that what I've given the children of Israel, all the I mean uh, the children of Levi, all the tithe in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of the meeting. Are we together? So the first kind of fight was for those who were Levites. All right? The Levites. And God instructed, as we saw on Wednesday, the Levites were not supposed to work. Theirs was simply the work of the ministry. If it's today, they are interceding, they are praying. Somebody says, you pray in church and they pay you. You pray in church and they pay you. See, as, as, as the church grows, we can have a 24 hours daily ongoing prayer. Prayer chain. And that is the work that people have to do. Hallelujah. And you cannot, they will not go to the shops and say, Cabrando Pradasa. Then they will give them Food. Are we together? Yeah. So, for example, um, the, we saw in Nehemiah chapter 10, all right, chapter 10, verse 13, I believe, 13 downwards, where the Bible talks about the tithes being for who? The Levites and the singers. And those who were doing the work of the Levites. Do you have it there? Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 13. Let's see this. Is it 10.30? Or 13.10? Huh? 13.10? Okay. Alright. So, he, he said that that was for who? 
That was really first thing there. If you are there, read it. I also realized that the portions uh -huh. for the Levites had not been given to them. Mm -hmm. For each of the Levites and the saints who did the work have gone back to So the have you seen that? So the Levites and those who did the work. So the singers and those who were in charge of music in the church. All right. So, for example, you have a keyboardist, you have a drama, you have a singer, you have the choir and what have you. Whose work was to write songs for worship, compose the song, arrange it, I mean, rehearse it, make the song quality and all of that. God wanted them to always be at post and not meddle in secular affairs. Alright, so for example, maybe, oh, it's time for worship. And then Pastor Noah will call. I went to teach. I'm not coming. I'm stuck in traffic. God does not want that. Are we together? Yes, sir. And then maybe some will say that, oh, I went to I went to I, I, I went to drop somebody at a summer I'm on my way coming. God does not want that. Now, the thing too is that if <coughs> they are not uh, supported, it's not actually paid, it's not a salary, alright? It's not something if they are not supported. They can do that. So we have what we call those in full-time ministry and those who are lay ministers. Those who are lay, lay people, lay ministers are those who maintain. And that, we brought that in our world today. Are we together? And somebody like Paul, he was both. And Paul, you know, sometimes people say, if Paul was working too, he was a pastor, he was working, and it's not true. Check how many times Paul worked. It's not even up to three in the Bible. When there's no money, he goes to work so that he can feed the people and feed himself. The moment he met Lydia, he stopped. He didn't work again. When he met, he, he, he started with uh, Priscilla and Apira. And later, later, he stopped. Because, you see, you, the truth of the matter is that you cannot be, and I want to state it emphatically, you cannot be a solid, successful, spiritual minister. I'm not talking about church, a pastor will be church. You can't be that without having a solid, consecrated life fully unto the Lord. It's not possible. Because you see, the work of the ministry is not just about organization. The work of the ministry is spiritual. And it requires a lot of time put in it. One of the most serious, hardest work in this world is to lead people. And the hardest of the hardest is I say, to lead them in the house of God. Because if you're leading people, a good father does not care how you live your life. But at least he's leading you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes, he, he has to deal with robbery, theft here and there, health ministry and all of that. In the church, we just have only one way we are going. So you have to know, and see the people that come to church, everybody has his mind. There are those that are broken, there are those that are spot, there are those that are rich, there are those that are poor, there are those that are immoral, there are those that are a little bit moral, there are those who, so all kinds of things. And you have to shape no matter who the person is, they have to be shaped to be like Christ. So you are rebuking somebody. Then somebody is angry. You have to 
find a way of helping the person. Somebody is not coming to church again. You still have to find a way of helping the person, you know, and all of that. It takes a lot of spiritual energy and it needs time. Are we together in this place? It requires time. And I threw a challenge to you on Wednesday. Check all the churches that the pastors are business tycoons. Pastors who are involved in business. And you find out that they are not spiritual. About 90% of them, they are not spiritual. I'm not saying all of them, but it tells you that the normal thing for a pastor to do, so you see, I mean, in reading the scripture, maybe we'll read it, the Bible says that they, the children of Levi or the tribe of Levi, they were not supposed to have any land or anything. It means that they have no portion in any secular way. That's why in those days, being a pastor, you can't be greedy and be a pastor because being a pastor means that you, you won't get money like the people get money in the world. But now we have pastors who are more richer than billionaires. And how did they get there? How do you think they get there? It is never my dream to be a billionaire. I don't need it for you. At least I need some cool things that can carry me through the things of God. I'm fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't need to. It's not a prayer. It's not something I will ever pray about. That God should make me a billionaire. Uh-uh. Never. I will never pray that prayer. I don't need it for anything. I don't need to be building like one person. I have like 10 houses. For what? To who? I give birth. I train you. I give you education. First of all, I give you Christ. I give you education. I show you hard work. Thank God. But the Bible says the good man lives in heritage. The Bible says the good pastor. Is it a good man? <laughs> it's very important. I am not against pastors having that. But that, if you are a pastor, you are limited. There are things you can't do. The reason why pastors get to that level, like I told you the last time, if it's not greed, is that they were abandoned. And you see, one of the things that provokes hard work, business and stuff like that, is hunger. Poverty, that's right. Deprivation. When you don't have money and you need to get money, two things. Either you be a criminal or you lose your head. It's natural. God made it very natural. But if you have money, anything you need, your father gives you and all of that, you don't think. You don't have a head. So check it. People, most of the people who are very rich in society are people who really went through things. They'll be like, I'll stay with my, my auntie or I'll stay with my stepfather and tell you not even eat. Sometimes you have to go and push truck. Oh, sometimes they, those people, they, it's not like, so sometimes people be like, oh, the natural response to the hardship is that there is a provocation of ideas. You understand what I'm talking about? The provocation of ideas. It will be a common dinner and now will be our tinam profuncha yateti will be asked. The person doesn't waste money. Do you understand? Because you are staying with somebody and the person maybe you mess up, the person gave you 20 Ghana cities, and you know you can be in the house for four days. This woman will not give you food to eat. You think you think about when you get 20 cities, the person that will come into your mind is going to buy fried rice. No. So it, it has its own way of blessing your soul with wisdom. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, are we together in this place? Yes, so that's what it is. So when pastors are pushed, I am never for people who force ministers of God to go and work. I'm never, because, and most of those people, they don't know what ministry is about. Hallelujah. It's very important. Very important. Because praying alone is hard work. Fasting alone is hard work. Sometimes maybe you are praying about a particular thing, and God will tell you to go on a fast for three days for that person. That person will be eating. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just that my brother, my brother will always say that since you are now suffering, the will be It's no more. It's not hard again. Just put a group of people together and just be telling them things, and you are done. Think about. Think about Moses. Moses has been in the presence. The day I read that I cried. Moses has been in the presence of God for 40 days. No food. No water. He fasted and prayed. God says, I'm going to come. I'll meet you. And he's waiting for God. And he's waiting for God. And he's waiting for God. Now God comes. God gives him the law. Ah, finally. God said, now you can go and meet your people. They say, ah, thank God. Let me go and see if my wife will get something to for me to eat. He gets down and the people said Moses had kept long. So they collected all the earrings and the gold and they made an idol. The moment Moses saw it, Moses was like, what? Then God brings the word. I will slaughter everybody. That day, when Moses got to the house, he went to the mountains again. Another 40 days. Moses did not do, he, the only kind eater was one day. He left again and fasted again 40 days. So, eight, eight days fasting straight, no food, no water. That is what we call pastoral ministry. Hallelujah. Pastoral ministry. It's not like today when. It's very important. Very important. Very important. And that is the pastoral ministry. And these people were eating and drinking. And God says that Moses, I am going to kill this people. And say, Lord, if you are going to kill them, then first of all, take my name out of the book of life. Take my name out of the book of life. And God says, all right. So God says, all right, it's fine. I'm not going to kill them. You are going to leave them. I'll give you an angel, a very powerful angel to be with you. Take these people. They are two step naked people. And say, God, mm-mm. you told me you are taking them out and you bring them in. You never told me you give me an angel. So we are going together. And God says, I'm not going. He says, you will go. They say, God, you told me that God says, Moses, your people. He says, it's not my people. Moses told God, like, says, God says, Moses, the people you brought. Moses, a point of correction, sir. It's not my people. It's your people that you told me to go and eat. Sir, sir, please, please. For the records, please. Don't, 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 don't be angry to the point that you don't remember again. It's your people. You gave, you gave, you gave a prophecy to their father, Abraham. 400 and something years, 4, have you, 400 years, have you, do you remember? God, God says, it's okay, it's okay, you don't worry, let's go. That's intercession. Alright? People are the point of this distraction, and then you have the, and God says something, he says that, if there is somebody who is wicked, and you don't want the person, and the person does not change from his ways, I will ask the blood from you. Somebody making up their mind to be wicked, 
without my consent, you are coming to ask the person's blood for me. As what? That is the pastoral ministry. On top of that, then God says that when it comes to judgment, our judgment, rather, our bar is very high. Did you understand what I'm talking about? So that is why the pastoral ministry is not just about like what uh, all these guys are doing, giving counseling, giving motivations here. That's not, that's not it. That's not it at all. That's not it. I read something in my quiet time. When was that? I think on Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, I was reading when Jesus, Jesus says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Then the Bible says that he carried the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and said, let's go. And then he went into the, the garden to pray. And the Bible says he, he told them to be here, they should watch here. And he went, he went a stone through, and he was praying with tears. He came back in an hour's time, and these guys were fast asleep. And God said, Jesus said, what? So now they, they, they woke up and... And then Jesus says, you couldn't even, the, the, what made me very emotional was that Jesus said, you couldn't even watch with me for an hour. It was the with me for me. Jesus didn't say, you couldn't even watch for one You couldn't even watch with me. Think about, you are at a breaking point. A, like, <laughs> a break, for Jesus to say, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And that was where he went to pray. If it is thy will, delay it a bit. Let it out. Hold on, sir. He comes back and we are asleep. You, you see that those, um, the, uh, like a pastor, you have maybe a solid agenda. God has given you a spiritual stride to take as a church. And maybe you are busy thinking about it or maybe praying about it or working your mind and you come and maybe your leaders or church members like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, and God, God what that? What that? You know, okay, oh, oh, you, um, uh, Albert, you are going to talk to these people, talk to these five people, bring them, do they, they oh, I couldn't go, why? I, I, when I woke up, I was tired. You can't beat the person, you can't do it, what do you have to do? The man said, Jesus went to pray again. <laughs> so he went to pray and then he came back the second time and the Bible says they were asleep again and Jesus said ah you are asleep again the Bible says they were asleep for their eyes were heavy they couldn't be open their eyes <laughs> then the Bible says and Jesus left them and Jesus said that to him Jesus was like this is my battle let me just and I mean you know what you continue sleeping. <laughs> you said you would die. You say you want to be a pastor. That's your problem. You want to be a pastor. That's your problem right now. That's your problem. That's what happened. If you didn't make that decision, you will not be going through this. So, sir, I didn't make the decision. You made the decision to die. So, please, relax and die. Oh, my eyes are heavy. I can't, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, it's not, it's not, it's not a jovial word. It's not a jovial word. Hallelujah. It's, it's not a jovial word. It's not a jovial word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's except you want to, I mean, except those who do jovial pastry. 
But if you really want to please the Lord and do the work of God, that's when the devil now will open his door. And say, yeah, so I, I got a mail. I got a mail from heaven that you want to do the work of God. Genuinely, right? All right, we got this. I got my eyes on you. Now let's begin. Then he give he, the guy will frustrate you. And like that, he said, he said something on side of the, He said, the devil, he knows that the only place he's going is hell. He has nowhere going again. So he has all the time to, to frustrate you. And you can't kill him. We don't know the power to kill him. So you pray like what Jesus did. Jesus said, get, 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 get behind. No, no, he said, that. man shall not be by bread. Oh, no, no, no. He's all right. The Bible says he left you for a season. It means you come back again. So it's alright. So this three temptation didn't work. I'm gonna come back again. I got my eyes. On. And he came back. He came back. So if you want to do it and do it well, very well. If you want to do it spiritually. Now, all those of you who want to be pastors, you want to be spiritual, serious pastors. You you your temptations are, are is, they are planned by the devil. It's, it's in the it's in his headquarters. So there are some, some Christians and all of that. I mean, he gives he gives some demons to them, you know. Uh-huh. And when it's you, the demon he assigns to you, you can't pray them out. Yeah, yeah. You know what Paul, Paul, Paul says? Paul says that a demon was was released to perfect me, to be a thorn in my flesh. That wherever Paul goes, he knows that at this particular persecution. It's not because these people don't like us. He said it was demonic disobedience. They would beat him, they all of that. Then Paul went to God. He said, you know what, Father? I don't understand this thing. I've prayed about it. First one, long days of prayer. Second one, the third one, God can say, Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Relax, you'll be fine. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Paul says, all right. So the way the thing is now, you can't really do anything about it. What do I have to do? I will glory in my weakness and my abilities. I will, I will rejoice. No matter, I rejoice. So he just concluded and closed his mind on it. Because what will you do? I mean, and you know there are some people who have a cause. They can just come and tell you that then there's nothing like demonic whatever. No, 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 yeah, don't, they are not serious. Yeah. They are living in the, in the cozy land. When you come, give five principles of kingdom money. Number one, kingdom hard work. Number two, you just have to add kingdom to the worldly principle. Just kingdom, 45 minutes, we are done. You bring your envelopes, you sow seed, and then we go. You won't have a lot of spiritual battles. You know, like, the devil will be like, all right, you are raising my children for me. You understand? Uh-huh. But when you want to raise a breed of people, a generation of people that will hear out the gospel, people will be deeply rooted in the understanding of God's word. My friend, you won't have it easy. So God says, take care of them. Do you understand that? Good. Now, so that is the first kind of tithe. Now let's read verse 24 as well. For the tithe of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levite as an inheritance. Therefore, I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. Are we together? Now, so somebody is asking, what if a pastor has inheritance? 
The pastor is working. Should we still give tight? Should we still give tight? If your pastor is working, do you still give tight? The second kind of tight is really what, what happened to the time? The second kind of tight is the tight of the tight. The tight of the tight. The tight of the tight. Now that is verse 20, where we are still 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak thus to the Levites and say to them. So speak to the Levites and speak and say to them, When you take from the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them as your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, a tenth of the tithe. And your heave offering shall be reckoned to you as though it were the grain of the threshing floor and as the fullness of the wine press. Thus you shall also offer a heap offering to the Lord from all your tithes which you receive from the children of Israel, and you shall give to the Lord's heap offering from it to Aaron the priest. Now, this is it. So, all the tribe, I mean the tribe of Levi, they receive a tithe. Alright? Then those who were not priests, do you understand? Do you get it? Those who were not priests will give a tithe of the tithe to the high priest. So it's like the, the priest will take the tithe from, no, so the first tithe is 10% from all Israel, alright? So that, that is for what? The Levitical, the Levitical tithe. Then the second one is tithe of the tithe, which is 10% from levy to the high priest. Are we together? So that's the tithe of the tithe. So those who receive tithe will now give a tithe of the tithe that goes straight to who? The high priest. Are we together? Good. So it tells you that it was not all those who were Levites that were priests. Are we together? So those who weren't priests will now give a tithe of the tithe they received. So take for instance, let me just... The pastor and his children are eating our tithe. It started from the Bible. Now, the children that are beneficiaries of the tithe will also now give a tithe to the pastor or the church. Let's put it that way in our context to the church. Do you understand it? So, you know, that my father is the pastor. So, we take it. And when my father brings a tithe, you also would have to do because you are not the priest. You are not a priest. Are you understand? So, that, that goes to those who were in the lineage of Levi. Alright? Still in the Old Testament. Alright? Okay. Now, the third one. Okay, let's go to Nehemiah 10, 37. Nehemiah 10, 37. Are you enjoying this thing? Yes, sir. Are you being blessed? Yes, Nehemiah what? 10, 37. Alright. So, it says... To bring the first fruit of our dough, our offerings, the fruit from all kinds of trees, the new wine and oil to the priests. 
to the storerooms of the house of our God and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites. For the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. And the priest, the descendants of Aaron, shall be with the Levite when the Levite receives tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the rooms of the storehouses. So it was giving, the tithe of the tithe was given to who? It was given for what? Hey. So he says that the tithe of the tithe was given for the storehouse of God. Now what is the storehouse of God? Now the storehouse of God is that there was, there was this part of the of the of the tabernacle, or let's say of the church, all right, in our contemporary language, where there should always be food. So that when there's somebody in the church who is hungry, the person can just walk out there and wait. Oh. <laughs> this is you see, when, when you read this in the Old Testament, it gives you the kind of system God built for church all day. God's ideal mind. For what a church should look like. So we should not have people who are hungry in the church to the point that they go to bed without eating. Do you understand? And that is where there is churches like the church of Pentecost. I don't know now, things are changing because people don't want to. And so we also change it. But then, the church of Pentecost, if you are hungry, you can just go to Mission House. Alright? You can just walk to Mission House. And then... Submarine will not say, oh, 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 oh. It's just today that we have slave queens as submarine that are there. But you can just walk straight to the mission house and go and get food to eat. So it happens that sometimes some of the guys who go to eat, they end up staying there. Do you understand? Yeah, until I get to work, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the storehouse of my father. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it means that God was bringing the idea, the fact of the title was the idea that. The missing house always needs to have food. You can't, there are some people, they are in the mission, when people come to eat, they are hungry. No. Anybody that is hungry should be able to walk to the missing house. These days, this day we have pastors' houses and missing houses. My house is pastors' house. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So she go there and eat because there will be some people who are not working. There will be some people who don't have food. There will be some people that, that, that. So the church should be able to put in a system where if it is the mission house, people should go there always to find food to eat. And what is what you are going to need to do that is the time of the tax. So the, the, I, I should have time to talk about the, the spiritual connotation of that. God is saying that the priestly lineage will in turn take care of the people. Are we together? Yes, Are we together in this yes, uh-huh. So God is telling them, when you bring the food into the storehouse, how much will the high priest eat? Everything will be given back to those who have no food to eat. He didn't say when they come to the storehouse, give the food to them, let them go and eat everything. No. So the storehouse is where the food is stored. Are we together? It's stored. So you can go there every day or you can go there every time and get something to eat. So the church will now not come and say that young people in this church who are not working, go and find work to do. It's not every day you come to a studio. That's where we started having slave queens as 
pastor's wives. Are we together in this place? Uh-huh. So that is the tithe of the tithes. Are we together? All right, let's go to the next one quickly. Okay, let's go to the second tithe, which is the festival tithe or the tithe of the feasts. See, the law required that the Hebrews travel or the Israelites travel to Jerusalem, all right, during specific years. All right, so during specific years. When the people arrive there, so let's take, for example, it's like we go for, let's say, Amor Camp. All right, let's say we go for Amor Camp or we go for a particular kind of festival, national festival. All right, then when they get there, they ask one of the things they have to do is that they have to eat and drink in the presence of the Lord. All right, so that talks about what do you think that talks about? It talks about, let's say, a contribution or a one-tenth contribution, maybe once in a year, as we agree, once in a year or whatever, to throw a party for the whole church, like a dinner, a come together where we all eat in the presence of God. Now, this kind of eating, maybe you are bringing this food, this one is bringing, Barcelona should get up and be able to eat food from Martin. Martin should get up and go and eat food from Agnes. Agnes should get up, like, all together, the Bible says it should be done in the presence of the Lord. So it, it goes beyond just going to Rabbi's house. It's where, where in, in, in that connotation, it's where Rabbi comes with food. This one comes with food. This one comes with food. And then we all eat together in the presence of the Lord. He didn't always eat together. He didn't always eat together in the presence of the Lord. And that, the Bible says, provokes. A corporate blessing. We look at that. Are we together in this place? So it's not good that we said we are not we are not doing that. <laughs> Say we are in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Deuteronomy. Let's find that in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 12, 5. So the second tithe, which is the tithe of what? Tithe of the feasts. Now that one, okay, so let's get it. Let me not get ahead of myself. It's only chapter 12. All right, so but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place. That's, that's Jerusalem. And there you shall go. There you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithes, the heap offering of your hand, your vowed offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your head and flock. So God put all the offerings together, right? And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your household, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Hallelujah. Now, so we all come together, all right? You're bringing your this, you're bringing your that, you're bringing your that, and then we come together, and then we all eat in the presence of the Lord. Celebrating the opportunities God gave us throughout the year, the work He gave us, and His abundant blessing over our lives. So the, 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 the psychology is that God has blessed us. Ah, the psychology is that He gave us opportunities, several opportunities, and so we are blessing Him. By celebrating in his presence. It means that God 
handles our togetherness. And this is one of the key reasons for the New Testament. All right, in the New Testament, where Paul spoke about, and then people use it to preach communion. That's not actually communion. It's a lamp feast. All right, what is the communion? Is the lamp, the, the 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 come on, the wine and the bread. But the last piece is that there is food that is cooked for the whole church to eat together. And the problem Paul had was that people will come early and come and eat and fill their bellies. They will not wait. So like we so we are we are we are we are actually going to do a last feast. Because when you come, you can eat it. Do you understand? It means that there was no specific time. So the food is there. So when you come, it was a buffet. So when you come, you just go, you take the lamb and then you tear, and then you eat. So when that thing happened, people say, all right. So, so the coffee, go ahead, go ahead. Where are you? I say, where are you? I say, hey, fama, fama, Then they will eat and they will take the rest home. So those who come late will come hungry. And then they will not get anything to eat. And Paul says, no, that's not how it is done. This one, all of us should be, should be eating for all of us to be satisfied and rejoice in the presence of the Lord. You see, so that is the church life. The church. Say the church life. The church life. You are cooking and a brother is coming. You say, hey, go, 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 close it. You will not go and find a job to do. And they are gallivanting around. That's a problem. Hallelujah. May all those of you here who are pastors never end up marrying, marrying Jezebels. People will be, will be angry. We, just, we bought food. We bought food. They've come to eat everything. They ate everything. They will not go away. No, please. Pastor is not there. Go, go, go. go. Pastor is trying to go. <laughs> no. Hallelujah. The whole thing actually was supposed to meet together and eat together. But amazingly, it was once every three or four years. <laughs> it's every Sunday. <laughs> you understand? So that one is called the tithe of the feast. So that particular time, all the tithes are put together to cook or to bring food out for everybody to eat. So the Bible never said that we should eat our tithes. Alright? They use this. The Bible never said we should eat our tithes. The Bible never said so. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Bible did not say that eat your tithes in the house. If you really want to practice eating your tithes, that tithe you say you don't give you eat it. Use it to buy food and bring it and let everybody eat some. Are we together in this place? So that is the third tight. You see, amazingly, a lot of people don't know. Now let's go to Deuteronomy. We were in Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy what? Now let's go to Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14 and 22. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain. I like the word truly. <laughs> he says, you shall truly. What does it mean? You shall truly. You understand? Don't give false tithes. Some say, hey, so does that mean if I earn $2 million a month, I should be giving $200,000? That's exactly what is truly tithing. 
Send it, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm paid, I'm paid, I'm paid 70 is 8,000. I cannot give 70,000. Hey, no, 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 no. So, uh, my tithe is 2,000. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produce year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your heads and of your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. So it, it, the word fear there it means to honor. So you will learn to honor the Lord always. It means that in that kind of fight, we honor God. Hallelujah. In the eatings and in the celebrations, it means that God does not always want you to live a boring life. God wants you to be celebrating your life. Celebrating his goodness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. no. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The third part. This kind of tithe was strictly for the poor. It is called the tithe for the poor or the poor tithe. The poor tithe. Deuteronomy 14, 28. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithe, Deuteronomy 14, 28, bring all the tithe of that year's produce and store it in your towns. Store it in your towns. So that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own and, their, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your town may come and eat and be satisfied. And so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hand. Hallelujah. Did you see that? So he says, at the particular, at the end of every three years, the tithe is given for the poor, for the orphans, and all of that. So that God will bless the, the works of their hand. God will bless them. So that kind of tithe was a tithe for the poor people. It means that every responsible church has a little kind of obligation towards those who are poor, and those who are deprived, and those who are fatherless. Fatherless, motherless. There are those whose fathers are dead. There are those whose mothers are dead. They literally have nobody in this world to rely on. There are widows. I'm not talking about somebody whose husband is dead, who is Ochifanche. No. Widows. Pure widows. All right? Nobody is taking care of them and stuff like that. The Bible says that they ought to be taken care of. So, I'm going to draw the curtains from fighting. I believe you have a lot of information on it now. So, putting everything together, God's financial institution for his church. Alright? For his church. So this is the church. Now we're just looking at that thing for now and then we'll come to it. So this is how we conclude it. Number one, the pastor and his family. Number two, what? So the pastor and his family will be the the high priest and the what? The high priest and all those in the lineage of Levi. Alright? Number two is what? The tithe of the tithe is for who? 
is for who? For the storehouse. So, storehouse or mission house. So, when you see, I don't know if the Pentecost, they still do it, where they have a particular uh, week in the month, every month, right? So, every month, they go to the mission house to, what What do they do? The Pentecost people, those who came from Pentecost, what do you do? They do what? Uh-huh. They bring food stuff. Yeah, so everybody will bring fresh food, that's it. It's called what? So they come, so some people will come with soap, some people will come with this, some people will come with that, some people will come with that, and they will bring it to the pastor's house. It is not for the pastor alone. So that everybody who comes into the house can have something to eat. Charismatics, are we together in this place? Hallelujah. Yes. So that is the mission house. Then the next thing is what? The next thing is what? The night of the fest of festivals. So what is that one? Love feast. Sorry, now more maybe be all together. And then the third one is what? Taking care. Of the widows, the poor, orphans, etc. Are we together? So, as we are here, the whole church can come together and say that, oh, every month or every day, this is what we want to do. Hallelujah. Come on, are we together in this place? Yes, Good. So, it is. The tithe, the whole institution of tithe, as God instituted it in the Old Testament, was for the pastor, his family, the storehouse, i.e. mission house, the love feasts, we should be celebrating the Lord once a while, in a month, if we do like, in a year, if we do like two, it's not bad. Are we together? Yeah. Then taking care, even if we have money, every church day, there should be food there for somebody to go eat. God will not kill us. All right? Taking care of the widows and then the orphans. We don't just constantly preach faith to people who don't have money. Sometimes we give them money too. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody has come. The person is hungry. We say, brother, masambra kifatos kalafis. The Lord is taking you through a process. Don't say shut up. But you see, we'll keep on preaching faith as long as this is not done. Amen. So you see, every responsible church, every responsible church, if you are in a church that's responsible, the church should, even if the church is a small church, maybe let's say like ours or whatever, or smaller than ours, the church should have, even if they don't have the capacity, the church should have the mind, the heart to take care of its pastor. There, there, there should be a mission house supply and the, it must also be taught to the church that the mission house receives food every month. So if you are hungry, come and eat. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And then, love feasts. Every responsible church should have love feasts. 
what is love is once a while we should be having celebrations where we come to church and we are not coming to pray. We come to church, we come to eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, at least you come and maybe here, we just do a little bit of decoration or whatever. And then we have some round, round tables here and there. And there's some cool this thing. Yeah. You say, in the church, where the Lord has chosen to put his name there. So in the church, so we convert the whole thing, and then round table here, round table here, round table there, and all of that, and there's some cool music, that day you'll not be singing, we just have to put nice, you know, dining kind of gospel song, be like that, like you know, it's on the ground, be like that, and then we put it inside, and it's playing, and we are all eating, and we are all talking, nobody should fall down at the anointing that day, <laughs> it should be a holy meeting, very holy meeting. Nobody to go home, their bodies get tea. It's not spiritual. Are we together? Love feast. When we come, we just we just celebrate. Father, we thank you for all that you have done. This meeting is a very nice meeting, Lord. We are coming to eat and rejoice in your presence. Thank you for giving us. Thank you for blessing the works of our hand. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the people in the church. Father, we love ourselves and that's why we are here. We are coming to eat. So watch us, oh Lord, as we eat and sing over us with joy. We are done with the prayer. No tongues. No, and no singing. One pen, Let us begin the feast. Hallelujah. So every responsible church should be able to also take care of the widows, orphans, and all of that. People in the church who have who have the head to study. Brilliant people whose family cannot take care of them. It's the responsibility of the church to take care of them. Are we together? Are you learning something? Yes, sir. Yeah. So we should not have a church where somebody is not able to go to school because they don't have money. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So we should be collecting money from people and put that money down. So when somebody is going to school, we take care of that person. And the person has the head. It's not like somebody who doesn't have So you have the head, you have the result, the grace to show. Then we take you. It's not like we should take care of everybody. Mm-mm. Those who have the head when it comes to school. Then there are some people in the church. Let's take, for example, they can learn a vocation. How to sew, how to do hair, how to maybe go into um, automobile. That's the automobile. That's a mechanic and stuff like that. You know, and they don't have what it takes to even go and start it. All right. So you, the church will now take money and then do that for the person to be able to work. Because you see, we are not just living in a spiritual world where we are just praying in tongues and we are eating the word of God. No, people would have to marry, people would have to eat, people would have to sleep, rent places and all of that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And then the poor also, the word poor actually means people who are not financially capable. It's not poor like we do about some people. But people who are not financially capable. Do you understand? Maybe somebody has to be at the hospital and maybe a surgery or whatever the person cannot pay. The church should have a system where the church sponsors that. All right? Yeah, maybe somebody, and you see, as time went on, the church revised it because a lot of people were taking advantage of that. So I'm talking to you in a raw fit. Do you understand? Yeah. Maybe somebody has problem with accommodations or something like that. In the church, when somebody also has a job or maybe you have a work, you have created a business, the person should be able to pick people from the church to work for me, but amazingly, 21st century, it is a mistake for you to work with church people. Because you know why? When you come, you bring welcome to Christ, 
and you'll be reading there when I've employed you. <laughs> and because sometimes maybe you think, oh, I'm working with my partner, and it's serious. It's serious. So the church cannot help the church again. All right. There's a person who says that all his work is he taught me in the in the in the how do we call it? The Bible school. He says most of his employees are Muslims. Should it be so? No. But he says that he tried employing church people and the church will give him problems. If you have that character, you change. Because that's not the kind of church I want to do. I don't think I should be able to be working with Muslims. When there's somebody in the church who is unemployed. You understand? But it it gets there when the people because see, take for instance, saying my brother, doctor has a poultry farm. And then there's this guy who had completed school or something like that in their church. And he's like, oh, let me employ this guy. Then he puts the guy in charge of the poultry farm. Then this guy sold eggs and said when he was going to the bank, by the time he realized the money was lost. Then doctor said, okay, no problem. That's like 4000 or 5000 They said, no problem, all right. Two weeks later, this guy lost another money. Then doctor said, no, you are fired. And by the time, some few years ago, so the guy brought their pastor, their whatever, to ap- apologize and that kind of thing, you know. Dr. Ferry phone or the mobile number patch up. Then some years down the line, this guy, he was told that he has taken money from this person, 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 he has taken money from The young guy who has completed school, doctor is using a phone that has broken screen. He's used, he was using the latest iPhone. A lot of people in the church don't think. So sometimes when you see people crying, and there are poor people in the church, instead of helping them, it's not like that. Sometimes the poor people they claim are in the church are not helpable. They're not helpable. They're not helpable. Because you give them money, they'll mess up with it. You, you Maybe you want to start them up. You start them up, they mess up with it. And it is wrong. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody in the church feels like, oh, when I look at this sister or when I look at this brother, I think just a little push, the person can do that. The person can, the person can go up there. Then the person trusts you. Then the person gives you that business opportunity or that opportunity. Then you start giving excuses. Then you start giving cheap explanations. You are not working or maybe you are, you are, you are using the money and stuff like that. You know what you're doing? Number one, and God will ask you for every opportunity that you mess up with, God will ask you why. Number one, the person is going to say, I'm not going to work with church people again. But maybe there may be somebody in the church who desperately would have used that, needed that opportunity, and would have used that opportunity to be a blessing to other people as well. But you got it and you messed it up. Hallelujah. God, it's not the intention of God that if somebody is in need in the church, the world should come and help. No, we should never have somebody and put the person on TV that this person is going through surgery. So the world should, this is the mobile line, people should support. No, if you couldn't use the person, pay so that the person can go and get the thing out of the belly or whatever, the person should be free. But when the church did that, you see, and that was, that's why I told you the last time, when you are talking about the Old Testament is past, be very sensible, spiritually sensible. It was the same principles that the apostles picked in Acts. The Bible says all that people had, they sold it. 
and then they brought the money to the apostles' feet, and they shared it according to everyone's need. Think about it. A system where maybe Pastor Noah would be so comfortable to say, oh, I have two cars, or I have three cars. Amen. Let me just sell one, and then this one, too, I have our seven now. Let me sell two. This one, I have three houses. Let me sell so that we'll bring the money to the pastors, and then the pastors will share the money. Even today, we can't even trust pastors with our money. Because we have different kinds of pastors these days. I went together this place that you're a pastor, and somebody brought this money. Oh, man of God, please. And I'm giving this money so that if you, there's somebody in the church, the pastor will sit on the money. Like a Ghanaian politician. That one who God will ask you. So they brought the money, and then the pastors will know oh, Rabbi has this need. Oh, this one has this need. Oh, this one has to go to school. Then they shared the money. Then the Bible says that nobody had lack. Then the Bible says, with great power and grace. So when we do that, when people are helped in the church, if it, it that alone produces a force, all right, a force to our evangelization and people get born again. Are we together in this place? So when we talk about love in the church, it's not just about when you see the brother say, ha, 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 hello. Mm-mm. Your money, God is teaching you how to also, co- I mean, commit your money to the lives of people. How to build people in the way, in, in, in the way you care. How many of us know that we can have people here, here in this church, who go to bed most often than not, hungry? But you see, truth is that it has not come inside your mind. Because in your mind, Charlie, we all struggle. But you sometimes you're able to even eat three. Somebody is struggling with one. Are we together in this place? It should not be so. So God brought up a system where everybody in the church will be taking off. Because you see, sometimes the reason why people don't come to church because of the work they are doing, number two, because they are hungry. Sometimes you can be so hungry to your point that no matter what we tell you, you will and we should not take away that passage. You know, you are spiritual. If you are spiritual, you command the money and it will come. And you know where to eat. Lasanda Basa. I'm telling you, there's power in your mouth. It's not about the hunger. Sir, it's about the hunger. It's very, very about the hunger. Hallelujah. So this was God's structure to take care of the church. So it means that God will never rain money from heaven. God said, you, take care of yourselves. The money for the church is in your pocket. I want to get like this thing. You understand? So, the son said, and we are all students. We can't, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. Hallelujah. It's not like that. The church should be reasonable enough to come and say, oh, can we have maybe a system where people who are going to school or people this school can be helped? Oh, okay. Then maybe, then they get a name for it. So in other churches, they have what is called welfare. Grace people have problem with that. But why, why, mm-mm, please sir, please sir. Welfare is in the Bible. So that somebody can be helped. Somebody can be helped. A brother is married. Alright? We all can support that brother. A brother is going to school. We all can support that brother. Think about it. Maybe... The JHS people amongst us who are going to school, when they're about to go to school, let's say something, somebody can say, oh, I'll buy you your, your mattress. Yeah. Do you understand? Then somebody can say that, 
oh, your provisions, maybe I may not be able to provide everything, but I'll give 100 cities for a provision. Then somebody will say, oh, um, I don't know what, what else do you need? Your sandals, I'll buy your sandal. So the person, when the person goes to school, the person knows I have a family back home. You understand what I'm talking to you about? Yeah. It's not like you bring 10,000 dollars to help. Sometimes one tin of milk can go a long way in the remembrance or in the memory of the person. So you can say, oh, so you need maybe five singlets. Okay, I can buy two. Or maybe, oh, I bought five the last time. I've used three. Two is unused. So let me package it and bring it to you. So take it. And the person is in school. And the person feels like, wow, I have a family home. How do you think the person is going to talk about other people, going go to talk to other people about this or her church? My church didn't brought me to school. Oh, my church is old, that, old, that. Visiting. Sometimes if you just, oh, papa, papa, you just go there and go, hello, surprise. You cook a little jollof, a little jollof. <laughs> That's a little jollof somewhere. And then you just go, oh, how you like it? I just came. Because sometimes there are some people in this church, when they go to school, their father and their mother, they will never try to do that. Never. There's no brother to visit. There's nobody. Uh, you who visited you? Nobody. Nobody ever visited you. I visited you. I didn't have any nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? So, in, so just imagine maybe you pick something like Martin. Martin is in school. Uh, then he sees maybe Adi and then Rabbi Camp. Yeah, she's our real dear But he sees, I'm like, oh. The, the joy, the, the shock, the surprise. You know, yeah. And it's, it's very important. The church does not just meet only the spiritual needs of the people. They meet the psychological, the emotional needs as well. It's always, no. Some good morning, some how are you doing? How is steady? So you say the person that, oh, how, how, is, how is your studies? Oh, every, you have a particular problem with any cause, any this, any. You don't go and say, it's a dead master. It's not a dead master. Hallelujah. You are too spiritual. That's your problem. <laughs> say, we are God's church. We are God's church. Come on, say, we are God's church. We are God's church. We are God's church. I said, say, we are God's church. We are God's church. So we take care of ourselves. Come on. Huh? We take care of ourselves. So imagine if people know all of this, nobody will come and say, Christians don't pay tax. That, that's not the concept. God, so look at this concept. That's not God. The concept, God concept of whether Christians don't pay. Here, here, here it is. Hallelujah. Yeah. Taking care of ourselves. Here we are. So think about the fact that now if these things are in the church and somebody messes up in the church, then the person is suspended. The person will, the person will change. You are not talking about this. But today, when you go to Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan doesn't greet. Nobody cares about anyone. And you say, I want. You saw me, you, you saw me everywhere, so what? You want to walk. You want to My friend, you go to another church, let me alone. People are not just stubborn to the church just because they are no good people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Sometimes the church has no practical, pragmatic system that, take, that takes care of the people. So it is like they don't hold any loyalty whatsoever to the church. Some people are even angry 
when they see all the money being lavished on the pastor, one pastor, you take time, one pastor, you take first week, one pastor, you take plenty, one pastor, you take seed of van of the gift, Christmas bonanza, Easter convention, you know, all the money is coming to one human being, not at all really in this world. Because you see, naturally, as a pastor, maybe if does he get any money, he will think about, oh, maybe, oh, man of God, so I came to sow. No, but it is not likely that anybody will be this guy and say, I want to sow into your life. There's no seed. Because he doesn't even have land in the first place. <laughs> so the whole thing is that, oh, this one come and sow. This one come and sow. Pastor, this one is sow. This one is sow. This one is sow. Maybe you go and bring somewhere, they will sow. You are going to sow. And still, you are collecting tax. Still, you are seeing first fruit. The first fruit is mine. Let's go to Malachi. Malachi chapter number three, where a lot of grace people have problems. I am the Lord. Verse six. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinance and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Then God says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, no, sorry. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Then God says, in tithes and in offerings. You see, a Christian cannot rob God. You are robbing. You are a thief. You are a Listen, now, listen. A lot of people think that this scripture is just about the tithes. In fact, that's how a lot of pastors preach. If you don't pay your tithes, you have robbed God. I just said so. But that's not exactly what it is. All right? Look at it. He says, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So, this whole thing is not about a pastor taking the pastor to not pray. Like, Will a man rob God? You are not paying tithes. If you don't pay tithes, you don't go to heaven because you can't rob God and go. No, that's, that's not what God was communicating. God says, My storehouse is empty. People are hungry. The poor are hungry. Bring food into my house. It means that this particular scripture is to leadership of churches. First of all, when the house, when the storehouse of God is empty, it's a curse. When in, in our contemporary life, when the church, let me put it this way, a church that is not one sign of a cursed church is that it is not able to take care of the people who are poor. Or it is that kind of church that has empty zero account. When it comes to helping anybody, nobody helps anybody. So why is God stressing on robbery? The robbery is not that pastor has not eaten. Mm -mm. The robbery is that the storehouse is empty. And what is the storehouse for? For people to come and do what? And eat. So if God is crying that you have robbed me in times and in offering, because my storehouse is empty, is that the people have stopped giving to the storehouse, and the storehouse is empty. That would what would be what would the effect be? The effect is that people, when they come to the 
When they come to the missing house, there's no food there. Hallelujah. There's no food there. So don't just use this scripture as an exegesis against type of a fight. That is not it. The, the, the notion there is that the, the, the storehouse is empty and it should not be empty. They, there must always be food in the house. Alright? There must always be food in the mission house or there must always be food in the church. If we decide that we'll make the storehouse the church, for example, so that, because when you go to abroad, there are some churches that there's always food in the church. Every day they cook food. So maybe they calculate for a month, if you have 200, remember throughout a month, then they divide it daily. So daily they cook something around. So if you are passing around and you are hungry, you can just walk in there. Hello, man. Um, please, I'm a member of this. Or you can just go in. Hello, man. Please. Can I get something to eat? Oh, all right. Come and sit down. Sit down here. And then he comes with a smile and brings the food. And then when you finish eating, you say, thank you so much, man. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. The Lord be with you. And the person walks out. Hey, hey, hey. Give me what you want. Give me what you want. Where's your No. Do you understand the concept? Can we do it at the church? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. So the person comes in, so that people who are working there and people can come in and eat and go. They can come and eat. Yes, come and eat. When they eat, they just I want the boat. No, because there's somebody here who wants the boat. See, the Bible says that we should serve the people of God as people that God Himself purchased with His own blood. They are special people to God. God does not like it when you are in a church and then you are home because your school fees is not paid. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Some say, ah, daddy, then tomorrow you are paying my fees. Please, the storehouse has not been set well. Wait, when we set it, then you come. So that is why sometimes you see pastors go beyond their means to provide for people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Like, you have to. Because anybody that is a pastor that God sincerely called and God truly trained by the word of God, one of the things that you're going to have is the bowel of compassion. You can't stand it when somebody is going through hell. You just want to, can you come and stand here? Let me go and face the devil for you. That is the pastor. Hallelujah. And the pastor raises the church with his spirit. So if you find a church that don't like the word or don't like praying or don't like that, don't like doing good, that is exactly how the pastor is. Do you understand? Come on. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So the problem of God here is the storehouse. And listen, he says that bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now here with say the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. My God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can preach on this. is a powerful scripture. Someone says, in the New Testament, the Bible says we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. No, the window, sir, that's not what he's talking about. You took us contextual reading. This is not part of blessing in Christ. No, this is not this. The windows of heaven is not part of the blessings in Christ. Can I can I use a little bit too? A little bit of time. I like how your face has become. 
Grace will not be hey. When the Bible says we are blessed in Christ, it's all spiritual blessing. When the Bible says we are blessed, it's talking about the provisions of salvation. Alright? I will explain that maybe next year, the provisions of salvation. So, what is what is all spiritual blessings? Contextual reading, verse 4, says that according as we have chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we get there. So, and then the 6 says to the praise of the glory of his grace that we are accepted in the beloved. Verse 7 now tells you that you are forgiven, you have forgiveness in Christ. Do you understand? Verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10 talks about gathering all things in Christ in the dispensation to come. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, the whole chapter 1, the things that are listed there, is all the spiritual blessings in Christ. Ah, you didn't get that. Ephesians 1. Paul, one to go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's right. The saints who are in Uh-huh. Praise to you and the peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the name of God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All right. Uh huh. Just as we have chosen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Read the verse three again. Uh huh. Blessed be the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus. That's right. What is the sign there? Okay, I have a you have a cover. Okay. okay. Who has two stuff? Who has colon? Who has colon? You have colon. Who has semicolon? What do you have there? Come on. You have semicolon. Alright, so whatever it is, one thing we all don't have is full stop. So it means that that statement is not an independent, standalone statement. You can't just say, I am blessed in Christ with all spiritual blessings. It doesn't make sense. That means you're a spiritual baby. Alright? Now, what does it mean to be blessed in Christ with all spiritual blessings? What does it mean? Number one is predestination before time began. That's verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So our election before the foundation of the world is our spiritual blessing in Christ. Labasu. Then verse 5 says what? Uh-huh. Unto the adoption of children. Uh-huh. So so the verse 4. We are, we are elected before the foundation of the world to be holy before him in love. And then verse 5 says what? We are adopted. Adopted does not mean God came to register and keep us. Adopted, me, adopted means we are declared sons. So he predestinated us. He selected us before time began. And now he has declared us to be sons. That is our declaration of our sonship by God is our spiritual blessing in Christ. Mm-hmm. Number three, go next verse. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Uh huh. Wherein He has made us accepted in the beloved. 
So our being accepted in the beloved is our spiritual blessing in Christ. All right? So what are your spiritual... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. What are spiritual blessings? Number one is what? Predestination. Number two is our election. Number three is that we are accepted in the beloved. Number four, verse seven is what? In whom? Redemption. So it is redemption and forgiveness. Do you understand that? So these are, if somebody asks you, what is, what are your spiritual blessings in Christ? Don't say that money. Mm -mm. It's not part. Money is not part of the spiritual blessings in Christ. No. So when it comes to money, God brings you a prophetic promise that I want you to institute or bring out that institution that in the church that takes care of the poor. Honor it and see if I will not bless you. So if you belong to God's church and you are looking at the windows of heaven being open over your life, concern yourself about the ministry of helping people in the church. That's what the Bible is saying. Somebody says, in Christ, in the New Testament, all promises were fulfilled. God, we live in the reality. No, in the New Testament, there are promises to us. Ah, hallelujah. Continue, continue. In whom we have redemption. Now, verse 8. Wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So, verse 8. He gives explanation that forgiveness is plenty to us in Christ. All right. Then number number nine, he says, having made unto us the having made known the mystery of his will. So what is that? The knowledge of the mystery of his will. All right. Then verse verse ten, verse eleven says one in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So an inheritance. Verse twelve says that we should be to the praise of his glory. Number three, um, 13 says that we have received or we have been marked with the spirit of God. Do you understand that? Which is the earnest of our inheritance. So from that place to that place is the meaning of the word all spiritual blessings. So if somebody says that, oh, God bless you so much, don't say I'm blessed. Don't say that, you're not blessed. Someone says, God bless you. He says, I'm blessed. Say amen. If someone says, God bless you, amen. Swatra. Even God Almighty, Paul says, blessed be. You just say, be blessed. Say, I'm blessed. <laughs> Who born you like that? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Sir. Paul says, and my God shall supply my God shall supply. My God, shall supply all your needs. It means that it has not happened yet. It's about two. My God, shall. Don't say, my God supplies all my needs. Of course, that is that is good, but it does not nullify, my God shall supply. So you can say, my God shall supply all my needs. And it is not faithlessness. Hallelujah. So when you speak like that, it's hope. It's hope. It's hope. Faith is now. My God has supplied. Sir, it's not like that. It's not, it's not like that. When we say faith is now, it depends on what you are talking about. You don't generalize it. Come on, hallelujah. 
Praise the name of the Lord. It's amazing. So a lot of us think that we know the Bible. For example, we just have to make everything present. It has happened already. The blood, the, 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 the death of Christ did not purchase for you the ability or it did not purchase for you money. So back to Malachi. Let's get to Malachi. <laughs> so he says that prove me now here with one of the ways to test God God says test me how how do you test God come on how do you test how do you test God so I say, you can't test God how he says test me who is talking come on who, who is talking he says, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have enough room to receive. You see this scripture and you move about and you think grace has canceled it. He says, I will pour you out cabal. I will pour you out a blessing. That you will not have enough room to receive it. Hi. <laughs> I like it. Hallelujah. A blessing that will break your account. A blessing that will break your containers. A blessing that will break everything. A blessing that you can, you don't have enough capacity. There will be blessings everywhere. When you affect yourself to the ministry that goes into the storehouse to the ministry that seeks to feed those who are hungry in the church. God says, I will make sure that... Let's go to Proverbs. Oh, hallelujah. Proverbs chapter number three. He says, honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruit of all thine increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty. And your presses shall burst out with new wine. It will affect your joy. It will affect your savings. It will affect everything that you are doing. God can instigate, not, not instigate, God can inspire people to be a blessing to you. Blessings you have never dreamt of. Blessings you have not worked for. Why do people go through strange hardships, strange financial hardships? Five years, ten years, they are looking for a job they are not getting. They are done with school, they are not getting job. They can't even seem to be able to put their hands on anything. They don't have a heart of giving. Hallelujah. Today I throw you a challenge. If, let me put it the way that will shock you. If you want to be blessed financially, commit yourself. Even at this age, build the faith of giving in the house of God. Else, no matter the prophecies I pour upon you, nothing will come out of it. Because God says there is a way to test me. He says, you, test me. Test me and see if I will not pour you out a blessing. So God is saying that after you commit yourself to this thing, if no blessing comes out, come and hold me here. Come and hold me responsible. So as part of your prayer, you can pray to God and say, Father, I have been faithful in my thanking. I have been faithful in commitment. I have committed myself to the things or to the ministry that seeks to bless the poor. 
Lord, yes, that is accurate prayer. Yeah, that's accurate prayer. You know, some people think, uh, you can pray that prayer. When Ezekiel was, um, um, the, the king, Ezekiel was, was told that you are going to die, the Bible said he turned and first of all, says, the Bible said with tears, he said, Lord, remember all the things that I have done. He didn't stand by saying, I shall not die. Uh, you, would, you would have died. You would have died. He said, Father, remember. Remember. And that prayer is so valid today. Have you seen that a lot of all this new creation and new testament Christians, they don't have a lot of spiritual debts when it comes to prayer. Apart from praying with tongues, what Robert in Abu if God today says let tongues cease, they won't even have words to communicate with the world. Because they don't respect sacrifices, they don't respect offerings, they don't respect sacred things that scriptures have spoken about. They have no respect for anything. If a preacher can come and tell you that the church is the normal place, that this is the stage, it's not an all, there's nothing spiritual here. What are you talking about? Just for the fact that the people of God meet there, there are those things, there's, there, there's such a thing that is called residues of the anointing. So it is not a common place. It's a barbaric, blasphemous statement to make. To say the church is just an ordinary place. What? So we are the church. So we have we have desecrated holy things. But those days when people are in serious trouble, they can come and lie here and in their mind they feel like there is a certain level of aura or something they can't explain there. And it works for them. Maybe we don't become a believer that know too much that we. And amazing, that's how we don't have anything spiritual in our lives. Coming to church is normal. Coming to, you know, everything is normal. Everything is normal. We just, and so there are, no, there are no spiritual commitment that we don't see anything to be too holy or we think, no, this one, I can't go there. There's no fear of God. No fear of God. No fear of God. Have you been blessing your life this year? Yes. Yes. When somebody does not go to church, the person has this guilt. Because that, then we go, no guilt in life, no fear in death, Jesus from my mind is killing. There's death for now. There's death for now. Ah. There is. There is. See, when Paul says that, woe unto me, but face not the gospel. We can never make that statement. It takes the fear of God to make such a statement. 
that woe unto me. The word woe in the Greek is doom. Doom unto me if I preach on the gospel. It's like a man cursing himself. But today, if you are going for out, if you don't go, you are very okay. Can you pray? Thank you, Father. I will go for the out if I bless me. Thank you. What do you learn that for? I may not have read my Bible, Father, I bless you, thank you. Why did you learn that before? That you didn't read your Bible. You are blessing God for not reading your Bible. You can't, that you didn't slay for not reading your Bible. You should be crying that why did you kill me? And I didn't read my Bible. You have no fear. Hallelujah. I like your tender silence. Hey. Hallelujah. Don't join the bandwagon of people that water down spiritual things. That God has said in His Word. Think about it. Somebody says, "I believe in tithing." Then, or then somebody brings an excuse. Why does it? Don't you have any? Don't you have any way to do or what? If I tell any of you, do you know this? You need to know this. You are not a serious person. Hallelujah. Let us pray and say, "Thank you, Father, for deliverance." So learn to take this walk. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, let me tell you ahead of time, we are not obliged to pay tithes. It's not compulsory to pay tithes. Alright? It's not compulsory. In the New Testament, we give from the heart, number one, and we are cheerful givers. Yet in the New Testament, it says the one that sows family, the one that sows literally, the literally is not just about their mouth, it's their heart condition. You see, you don't, you don't need a lot of money. And the one that gives bountifully will bring bountifully. Develop a heart of giving today. Any money that passes through your hand, any money that passes through your hand and is legally yours, commit a portion to the Lord. Start it today. I may not teach this as a year, maybe the next two years. If you imagine that, maybe you will say that, even if I don't know, the man, they are different. Commit yourself to that. Especially if you actually have a vision to handle money. Hallelujah. To handle money. To be a blessing in the house of God. Begin. Don't be giving excuses. Don't. Don't. Having about four, five months, or six months, or maybe a year now, you're not giving your time, you're not giving anything. And still, that, I'm not surrendered at all. And say, I call. How would you get it? So maybe you get thousand cities or get thousand five. And the hundred cities that you start with. You say, oh, and, um, I mean, uh, I've been having a lot of, I've been having, uh, see, I have a lot of things to handle. You see, you still have a lot of, it means that the thing to handle will always be there. They will always be there. These are their pastors, their church leaders. I'm not sure how far from here. Who don't give that? They don't give, they don't give. Any portion, what I mean by tithe, I believe you understand. You can't say anything you are and when you understand. A part of your money to God, they don't. And that is wrong. Tithe is not just about the money and all of that. It also trains you in being consistently a giver to the Lord. Because you know that at the end of every month, at least without any iota of whatever, every month have the money to give to the Lord. And don't just be there and then just put sheepishly put it in there. No. You didn't go in there. Honor it. Reverence it. Respect it. Let it be a part of you. 
Let it be your counter. Hallelujah. Why smother nearly before you for not paying the salary? Have you been paying your time? So when we say no, no, warn him. Think about a house like that. And the father tells the story where he came from. And the moment he began making those kind of commitments, how his life changed. You alone, always you have things to handle in your life. At this age, I don't have a child. You don't have a wife. You're always handling things. You don't sacrifice a little of the small money. A little of the small money. Here you are, you are praying God to make you a millionaire. So that you do what to the money. You don't know that the more money you have, the more obligations that you have. Hallelujah. So anybody that comes into your hand, make a commitment to the Lord. And the reason why we call it a commitment here in the church is that it should be a personal thing to the Lord. I should not come and tell you by force, by force, but don't go below him. Where my own believer, see somebody who was literally dead that thing. Of course, you can do five thousand. If you think that you can't do you don't understand why you should give ten percent of your money. You don't understand. And what do you want to say? No problem with that. Hallelujah. I don't understand. We didn't start the church like that. When we're coming to church, it's prayer, 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 prayer. Right now, it's every day. The man of God is taking a whole month to teach about giving and offering. Why? Here you are. Three years now. Your offering has never increased. I'll get there. Your offering has never increased. Five now, man, and no And there are people, they don't, they don't have any skill or reverence when it comes to offering. Oh, starting my coins, coins are no one. But you will want to the paper. I literally want to change here in the paper. So I want to know that you are trying to do You hear the I'm not saying, I'm not saying coins. So if you came with coins, say, no, I'm not doing it today. No, you do it today. Except your coin will not be up to once. Because in this case, even 10 persons is a respected offering. Every offering is a respected offering. But if you can get into the state of being a paper, think about it before you step out of the house and change it. Are we together? Then you, you go a bit higher. You get it? Yeah. You pray. You, you do that. Father, I want to go a bit higher. I've been giving five to you. I want to do six to So it's like, so I tell people, often it's not something you bring higher than Today you can't do it. Today you can't tell. No. No, because giving must be done consistently. All right, maintain a posture for a while and then allow yourself to say, I'm going higher, I'm going higher, I'm going higher. Such a giver is more important in the house of God than somebody who brings 10 percent and then the next day 50 dollars, the next day 3 million, and the next day 10 percent. So you give up and when you have money, no. What will be increasing will be your commitment. Your offering should at least. It should be it should be it should be the same for a month. A month, at least a month or more, depending on when you think that it's right for you to increase your profession. Hallelujah. Are we together in this place? Are you learning something at all? Yes, sir. We are spiritual people. Are we together? Yes, sir. We are working with God. We are spiritual people. So let's not do our things like normal human beings. We are spiritual people. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, so let's be our
I have in me the burden. 